We are at the end of non-con play, and transfers are once again helping elevate teams all over the country, including some of the tip-tip-top elite teams in the land. But what I want to try and answer today, who are the very best and most important transfers this season so far? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get your college basketball content every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Hey, not only do we want to welcome in you everydayers, but also if you're new or a guest visiting the show, welcome. We're so glad that you're here in the glow of the post-Christmas revelry leading in to New Year's time. If you want to talk college basketball with us all the time, if you're a college basketball junkie, awesome. This is the place for you. Come join us in the Locked On College Basketball Discord chat. We're talking college hoops all the time. The link for that's in the show notes. Seriously, we'd love to have you. By the way, our show has been shortlisted for the Sports Podcast Awards in the Best Basketball Podcast category. It's such an honor, really super cool, but it would be so helpful if you would help us out by voting for our show. Now listen, all the other shortlisted shows on that are NBA shows, so if you want to vote for college hoops and like, yeah, college hoops, please, please, please put in a vote for us. All right, coming up on the show today, we're going to look at the new AP poll that's out. We're going to look at the new Locked On College basketball poll that is out, uh, that we put out every week. We're going to compare it as we do every week. But before we get to talking about that, I want to, you know, we're right here, like at the end of non-conference play, moving into fully everyone into conference play, essentially at the end of this week, into next week, as we get into the new year. That said, I want to look at today, I've narrowed down who I believe not only are the best, like five best, but maybe better said the most important transfers so far this season through non-con play. Now this could change as we get to conference play. Um, but man, I just thought it's an important time to start to look at that kind of at this, at this break in between the two halves of our college basketball schedule. Now, the thing is, if like transfers are just such a critical part of the fabric of what we do now, you know, I think Three years ago, I probably would have done this and said, all right, here's the top five freshmen in the land so far. And that's an important conversation for us to have, too, because there's a tons of them doing it. But transfers, we're to the point now where they are probably. Yeah, I feel confident in saying that more important and more integral to what programs, at least at the high major level, are doing. So that said, I want to give you five. I've also got a couple honorable mentions whom I want to name for you. Number one on my list, this is both about production again and importance to team, is Hunter Dickinson at Kansas, who had spent the rest of his career at Michigan. Dickinson so far this year, 18.3 points a game, 12.5 rebounds. That's second in the nation, first amongst all power six programs. He's shooting 50% from three, albeit on just 1.8 attempts per game. But man, just his ability to step out and do that a couple times a game and make one of them, 
that matters. That's important for what Kansas is doing. Because as Andy and I talked about earlier in this week, Kansas doesn't have the, the like that critical shooting guard that they need. And so him being Dickinson being able to do that is massive and helps. He's also got 1.8 assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.3 blocks. The fact that he's over one on, on average on all three of those, that's a big deal. So far, Dickinson has seven double doubles for uh, I almost said Kentucky because I'm about to name Kentucky for Kansas, including a 27-21 performance over Kentucky. And that's just ridiculous. Now, to be fair, that was before Kentucky started getting their big dudes back. But still, 27-21 and is insane against any competition. Now, here's the deal with Hunter Dickinson. It's not necessarily a sexy pick because we expected him to be the number one transfer. He, by almost every site that ranked transfers, he was number one. But that that doesn't mean what he's doing is any less important, right? Like sometimes we expect something to happen and it does. And that doesn't mean we we shouldn't talk about it. It it doesn't have to be a surprise. So what Hunter Dickinson is doing, who he's doing it for, and the role he's filling for right now, the number two team in the nation, that's a big deal. So I got Hunter Dickinson number one. Number two, this might be a surprise. Maybe not that he's on this list, but that I have him this high is David Jones from Memphis, who previously played for both DePaul and St. John's. Memphis, you know, I think coming into the season, we all looked at it and was like, oh, FAU is going to win the AAC going away. You know, Memphis will give them some threat and challenge here and there, but this is this is FAU's to lose. Look, Memphis now, I, I no, 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 no. They're not the front runner. I, I haven't looked at their conference odds lately, but like, this is a two-horse race, baby, and it's critically because of what David Jones is doing for Penny Hardaway's team. Right now, David Jones is the nation's 11th leading scorer at 21.4 a game. He's turned the Tigers into a legit top 25 team that has a lot of staying power. We'll look, because we've got a discrepancy um, where we have them a good bit higher in our locked-on poll than the AP poll does right now. I think it's a miss, quite frankly, from the AP right now. Um, in addition to his 21.4 points, Jones is getting 6.5 boards, 1.3 assists, 2.1 steals. He's shooting 40, just shy of 42% from three. He just attacks and attacks and attacks 36 points against Arkansas. He's got 20 plus points in six straight games. I think North Carolina's RJ Davis is the only player that has a longer streak of 20, uh, 20 straight point straight games right now. Ridiculous stuff. Number three on my list is UConn's Cam Spencer, who was previously at Loyola, not the Chicago one, Loyola, Maryland, and then last year at Rutgers. Now you, you look at it and you're like, well, isn't Tristan Newton more important? Isn't Donovan Klingon more important? Here's the, here's the issue because of everything UConn lost, they needed to plug a lot of holes. And the biggest hole was to me, the guy that was the best shooter in last year's NBA draft, Jordan Hawkins. And what Cam Spencer is doing is a very good Jordan Hawkins impression and filling that role in a big, big way. 14.8 points, 3.8 boards, 3.5 assists, and 1.2 steals. And what really boggles my mind about what Cam Spencer's doing is he's shooting 44.6% from three on a career-high 6.4 attempts per game from three. That is insane. He's just shy of 90% on free throws, 88.2. And as a guard, he's shooting 55% from two. That is really, really 
good stuff. Now, keep in mind, Spencer, uh, Cam Spencer was a late uh, transfer portal addition. I don't like to think about what UConn would have been without him as part of this squad. I mean, they would have been good, but they would not have been top five elite good like they are. That's how important Cam Spencer has been to coach Hurley's team this season. And I love his edge. Um, uh, you know, like he, he gets out there and it's funny cause he doesn't, he looks like a schoolboy, and then he comes out and he's all in your face chirping and chanting. And, uh, you know, that Co- coach Hurley loves that so much. Number four on my list, Dalton connect from Tennessee. And I think he's my favorite transfer and it's all about his story. Started his career at Northeastern Juco, which is in Colorado, then was at Northern Colorado and now comes to Tennessee. And you worry and wonder about these kind of guys transferring up multiple levels throughout their career like this. Like, is it going to work at this level? Not only is it working, but he's Rick Barnes' go-to guy on offense. There's some defense left to be desired, but my goodness, Dalton Connect is an absolute dude because not only has he gone from Juco to Northern Colorado to Tennessee, he's flying up draft boards and it's awesome. I love to see this happening. Connect is getting 15.7 points, 4.3 boards, 1.5 assists, shooting 37.7% from three on 4.4 attempts and 79% from the free throw line. And you remember last year, we gave Tennessee's offense so much crap. Dalton Connect has transformed that. He's a big part of that along, you know, with getting Zakai Ziegler back and going and Vescovy and all of that. What a progression for him. Uh, one of my favorite performances of any player this entire season was his 37 points against North Carolina. Like Tennessee got boat raced in the first half of that game and then connect just went off after halftime. It was a lot of fun to watch. Fifth on my list is a guy that transferred within the big 12 and that's LJ Cryer going from Baylor to Houston. And, and you think, Oh, you're going from Baylor to Houston you know, the the, the offense might kind of go down a little bit. You might not get as many shots. You're going to be asked to buy in defensively more, and that's where you're going to (laughs) win. No, my dude, LJ Cryer is averaging a career high 17 points a game, doing so for one of the nation's top five teams, shooting 92% from the free throw line, 38.8% from three on 8.6 attempts per game. This dude is letting it fly and connecting, and it's like, incredible, incredible stuff. He's also chipping in 2.7 boards and 1.9 or uh, 1.9 assists as well. So uh, I, I love it. You come over from Baylor and your scoring goes up. Similar to Tennessee, when you look at, at, at Houston, who's typically a really strong defensive team under Kelvin Sampson, and they are adding a, a key offensive component like LJ Cryer changes the game a lot. He just lost this streak. But I think they just played, it was Texas Southern. Cryer made one three. Prior to that, he had made three or more threes in nine straight games. And it wasn't like he was chucking up 57 threes a game. The lowest percentage he shot from three in any of those games was 37.5%. My man is doing it this year, and I love it. A couple other guys I uh, really strongly considered but didn't ultimately add to my top five. They would make a top 10 for me. Our Hunter Salas from Wake Forest, who was previously at Gonzaga. Max Asmus at Texas, who was previously at Oral Roberts. 
Um, and then honestly, I look at Arizona's roster. I'm having trouble deciding between Caleb Love, who came over from North Carolina, and Kashad Johnson, who came over from San Diego State. And there's obviously a ton more transfers we could name that are deserving of being mentioned on this list, but we're keeping it to five. So that is what it is today. Now, even though Monday was Christmas, we still got a new AP poll dropped as well as a new Locked On College basketball poll. Biggest takeaways from that? Coming right up. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked On College basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Maybe you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, and they've got all sorts of betting options for you. Things like point spreads, player props, over-unders. How about uh, national championship odds? A lot of the teams we've already mentioned on the show today. Purdue is the favorite at plus 850. Arizona at plus 1,000. Houston and LJ Cryer are third at plus 1,200. Yukon and Marquette are tied for fourth at plus 1400 and then Kansas at plus 1600. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on any of that action or NFL action this season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. For those of you watching, you see that we've got up this week's locked on top 25. Let me uh, give it to you really quickly uh, for those of you listening so that you can keep tabs with us. Uh, top five, it's the same five teams, slightly different order than last week. Purdue one, Kansas two, Houston three, UConn four, and Arizona five. Rounding out the top 10 are Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, FAU, and Marquette. 11 through 15, North Carolina, Clemson, Oklahoma, Memphis, and Duke. So you got three ACC teams, 11 through 15. 16 to 20, Gonzaga, BYU, Creighton, Auburn, and Baylor. And then the final five, 21 through 25, are Colorado State, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, James Madison, and Providence making their entrance into the list this week. So what's interesting, as you start to look, what, what I always like to do, and Andy and I like to do together on our typical Tuesday show, is compare the AP poll and our poll to see like where some of the minds are thinking and where the differences are and why those might be. But what's also interesting is seeing the similarities. Right now, the top three are identical in both our poll and the AP poll. Again, that's Purdue, Kansas, Houston. And uh, for me, that that's interesting because, um, you know, with UConn and Arizona both uh, losing last week, it kind of made sense that this is what was going to happen. Um, but, but they move up. And then the bigger question for me was how far will voters, how far will I, how far will Andy and Leaf drop UConn and Arizona? Um, for Arizona, obviously, it was a um, double overtime loss, neutral site in Las Vegas to FAU, who, you know, right now is for us number nine. And in the AP poll, where are they? Number seven. And so, you know, I mean, it's like, come on, like, we're not, we're not going to penalize you much for that. And so um, they dropped to uh, fifth in our poll, their fourth in the AP and then UConn um, for their loss, but almost lost again at home. Remember on Saturday night um, drops down to fourth. 
I think these are both the right moves. This is exactly what I did. I didn't drop either of these two teams out of the top five. Um, you know, we Andy and I talked about last week on the show. It feels like these top five teams really are, there's a demarcation line after them down below it and that we're going to see a good deal of uh, moving around of, you know, between what happens in that six to 10, maybe even out to 11, 12, 13 range. Um, we expected Marquette to kind of continue to hold that six spot, but they lost last week. So they dropped down to 10 at our poll. They are 10th also in the AP poll. So um, that makes a lot of sense. But this this top five is, is where I want to go. Uh, I, I like this being the top five because to me, we got to remember, folks, uh, people look at this so differently, like AP voters. Some of them are voting based on just like this team lost. Let's drop them. Some are voting based on, OK, let me relook at everyone's resume and see in totality where this team is at. Some are looking at who's hot right now, who's cold right now. Uh, there's all these different ways to look at it. There's not really these defined parameters. As for me, as I look at the eye test, the the most of the matrix tell me that these five teams are your top five teams in the nation right now in some order. I think it's going to switch around throughout the season. Uh, I mean, you remember last year, and Andy and I talked about this earlier in the week, the UConn fell off throughout uh, Big East play. And so we see some of that, and that, that's going to continue to happen. But uh, I'm curious to see how many losses these five teams take as we start to now get into conference play. I mean, you think about Purdue, there's frankly not a ton to me that is going to threaten Purdue in big 10 play, but then you get to two and three Kansas and Houston. They're playing in the toughest conference in America. They are going to take on more losses by nature of playing in that conference and playing each other, quite frankly. But so it's going to depend on, who they lose to and when it is they look like if Kansas loses to Houston or vice versa, I, I'm not going to drop them much because you're losing to another top five team and one of you has to lose, but I'm not going to drop you down below Kentucky or Illinois just because you lost. No, it's about how good you are as a team. UConn, you know, it, it depends on who they lose to. If they're losing to DePaul in the Big East, yeah, you're going to fall because of that. You're going to, I mean, that's like a seed line drop in the, in the NCAA tournament. But if they're losing to Marquette, you know, you might drop them a spot or two and bump Marquette up a spot or two, but that's not much. Arizona, they're in kind of a similar spot to Purdue where it's like, Look, the, the teams we expected to be good outside of kind of Colorado in the Pac-12, UCLA is not good. USC is fine, but not great right now. Um, and so for the Wildcats, they should roll through the Pac-12. But if they stay, if they take some inexplicable losses, you got to drop them for that. But I remain unmoved on the top five. Um and so, you know, you start looking at what's rounding out the top 10. It just makes sense. I had multiple questions on Monday when um, Tennessee is six for us. Where are they in the AP poll? Tennessee is six in both polls. And I had multiple people say, like, why Why is Tennessee so high? Uh, like I had a North Carolina fan reach out and say, why is Tennessee above North Carolina? Tennessee lost to North Carolina. Okay, we got to remember how this works. 
Tennessee has three losses. Do you know who they're to? North Carolina, I just said it. That was a true road game in non-conference play. Yes, they got blitzed in the first half. We talked about it earlier. Dalton Connect helped them come back and make it a game in the second half. But that's to what right now is a top 10 AP team. Their other two losses are to Purdue and to Kansas, the top two teams in the nation right now. I'm not going to, yeah, you got three. It's not about how many losses you have. It's about who you lost to. Now, at some point, yes, if you've got 12 losses, that's got to matter because you got to beat somebody. But right now, I'm not concerned about Tennessee having three losses to three AP top 10 teams. And the lowest of those ranked teams, it was on their home floor. That's going to happen. That's what college basketball is all about. So that's where I'm at. Um, staying in the top 10 there, one that I'm really disagree with, uh, the AP poll on is Illinois being ranked 11th in the AP poll right now, this by resume and by what other teams have done is a top 10 team. As you see, or as you heard me said, we've got Illinois eighth in our poll. And I think that is more on the nose. Now I know it's only like a three spot difference. Um, but it, it is a difference that matter, you know, just getting that top 10 notoriety, I think is a big deal. Um, in fact, I had a couple Illinois fans reach out to me and say, like, what do we got to do here to crack the top 10? And I can give you even our individual votes on Illinois. Andy had them seven. I had them nine leaf had them 10. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's great. And I think is for me right now, right where Illinois should be. Again, FAU being nine in our poll, if and they're seventh in the AP poll. Look, I know, I know there's the Bryant loss on their resume, and that has to matter. And I think that's why they're not higher than they are. But dude, they just beat Arizona. And Arizona is 100 percent a national championship caliber team. So FAU is right where they should be. I don't think Marquette will stay down too long. I think they'll move back up from that 10. So um we had between the locked on poll and the AP poll, there were six teams in the identical spots. We already said it was the top three, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, one, two, three, bang, bang, bang. The other three teams that we agreed on the exact spot was Tennessee at six, Marquette at 10. And then Providence jumping into the top 25 at 25 in both polls. And look, that, that is a team that I expected to be good and fine and strong but not a, not a ranked team for me, at least at any point this season, but undeniably now that resume is to the point where you have to rank Providence. Um, they, they're showing up, they're doing work and they're going to continue to. And so um, make sure, make sure you got your eyes on the Friars. I think Andy and I talked about it the other day, but right now, you know, you got UConn, you got Marquette and um, who am I leaving out? of the big east yukon marquette and creighton and i know creighton's fallen off a little bit there but after those big three it's it's between providence and villanova i think providence is going to give villanova a legit run for their money for fourth in the big east all right we want to get to some of the big differences between the locked on poll and the ap poll that's where we're headed next and we'll have that conversation in just a second All right, here we are on Locked On College Basketball. 
Midweek show, it's Wednesday. We're looking right now at the, the Locked On poll for this week and the AP poll for this week. We just talked about some similarities, a few differences, but now I want to look at the biggest kind of differences between the two polls this week. I want to look at where I think the AP poll is wrong, and I want to look at, I always, you know, something that Andy and I firmly believe in is we want to say, you know what? We might have been a bit too high or a bit too low on this team, and we want to own that when it's true. Let's first look at, similar to last week, it's really interesting, the AP poll and us are aligned on 24 of the 25 teams that are actually in the 25. Uh, the, the lone difference, I believe, is actually the same difference as it was last week. The AP poll has Texas, where we do not. We have Auburn, where the AP poll does not. The difference is last year, or last year, last week, excuse me, uh, they were in the same spot. I think we had Auburn at 19. The AP poll had Texas at 19. A little bit different this week. We actually have Auburn still at 19. Uh, The AP poll has Texas at 21. Here's the thing for me. Uh, You know, the, the AP poll is very close on Auburn. It has them 26. So just right outside, they're in the others receiving votes, but just shy of Providence there for that 25th spot. Um, as for, I, I think, I think we have this right. Um, I, I looking at the resumes and what they have, I like having Auburn ranked over Texas. However, I will say this now that Dylan DeSue is back in the mix for the Longhorns. I think we're going to see them rise as we move into big 12 play, albeit a very difficult big 12. Um, like, and so they're going to have to contend with that, really find their depth and, and things of that nature. Um, but right now I, I feel confident and comfortable in having Auburn ranked and not Texas. Let's look at a couple of the other big differences this week. There were three, uh, teams that outside of those outside of Auburn and Texas, there were three other teams that we had a gap, uh, difference between AP poll and call and locked on poll of five or more spots. Let me give those to you. And we'll just take them one at a time. Clemson. We have Clemson 12th right now in the locked on poll. The AP poll has them 18th. That's six higher in the locked on poll. Look, Clemson's legit folks. Like, and and not like, look, 18th in uh, the AP poll isn't saying they're not legit. I mean, they have them as the 18th best team in the nation. I know the computer numbers don't love Clemson as much, has them uh, at Kempom, for example, 26th right now. And I know I, I know that Clemson lost that game at Memphis a couple weeks ago. But here's the deal. That was a true road game at Memphis right before Memphis then blitzed. Who was it? Was it Miami? right after that? No, Virginia, like absolutely dominated Virginia on that same floor a couple days later. Um, but Clemson lost by two at Memphis outside of that zero blemishes on their, their, uh, resume. They've beaten Alabama in a true road game. Then they beat Pittsburgh in a true road game. They've beaten TCU in a neutral site, went over Boise set like Clemson's legit, man. Um, and it's a little bit more the offense than the defense, but they're pretty balanced. Um, I, I feel good with where we have Clemson right now. We'll learn more as we get into ACC play. They host North Carolina um, and Miami. I had that backwards. Miami on January 3rd. Um, they're at Miami, and then they host North Carolina on Saturday, January 6th. So we'll learn more about the Tigers when we get there. Um, next is Colorado State. We had a big gap on them. Uh, locked on, we have the, the Rams 21st, 
and the AP poll has them 15th. That's another gap of six. I, this is one where I think we might be uh, too low on Colorado State. I think we dropped them, you know, a week ago after uh, after they took that loss, and so they've just stayed down there. Remember, they lost to St. Mary's, and St. Mary's is just not good. Um, since then, they've beaten a non-D1 school, CSU Pueblo, and then beat LMU. Um, and so, you know, I, right now it's it's wait and see on Colorado State as they get in the Mountain West play. Um, but again, I think this is one where we are probably a little bit too low on them and let a couple other teams weed them out. One of whom is the next team there's a big discrepancy on, and that's Memphis. Uh, we have the Tigers 14th, while the AP poll has them 19th. This is one where I think we're getting it right. Um, I, oftentimes AP voters are slow to move teams up when they're showing uh, that they can do some, like that they're like, oh yeah, we're proven that we're a really, really legit team. Memphis, in my eyes, has done that. And I think the AP poll is just slow to move them up. Let me see where um, where we each have them. Leaf and I are the highest on Memphis. We both had them 12th while Andy had them at 16th. And I think that's all right in the right range. But um, so those are the biggest three gaps we had this week. There's a couple others, but they're all four or less. So a lot of fun. We're really getting the shape now as we move into conference play of, of the best teams in the nation. Because here's what happens. You learn a lot of it in non-conference play. Then you get a lot of fluctuation in conference play because now teams have to start playing a bunch of true road games. And so you're going to see more losses happen. Take a snapshot of this. This is a lot of the truth of what we'll probably see come back to the surface as we get to Selection Sunday. All right, folks, it's been a great show. Great to be together on Wednesday. Again, come join us in the Discord. The link's in the show notes. We'd love to chat with you there. If you would, subscribe to the show on video or audio and audio, I should say. Rate and review five stars. Talk about why you love our show. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Also, again, if you would, please vote for us on the Sports Podcast Awards. That would mean so much. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats. And until tomorrow when Andy and Leaf will be with you. Peace.